0: Hello my awesome PMP Warriors. Let's jump into a pub quiz. On agile teams, management of work and accountability is an important role that is accomplished in various ways, including decentralized leadership. What is the role of the project manager on an agile project? Now I'm giving you 75 seconds to answer this, so hit the pause button for more time because I will show you the answers pretty quick. I will reveal the answer. The answer is not A, because you do not manage the team in the world of agile. That is anti-agile. B, check to ensure human resource assignments. Again, we don't do that. We have a team that uses a pull mechanism to pull the work to themselves. C monitor velocity and team effort. This option sounds good but it actually is not. We don't monitor velocity and team effort. The team can do that for themselves. Our job is to provide support for the team and stakeholders as needed. So the best option based on the Agile mindset is D. Everything else sounds good and it could be argued, but the best option is D. Let's move on to our next question. As in the work done on traditional projects, roles are often defined. Also in Scrum, there are specific roles. What are the roles on a Scrum team? Select all that apply. Again, hit the pause button for more time. Okay, my friends. In the world of Agile, there's one role that does not exist. And the best answer to this, because it says, what are the roles on a Scrum team. We don't have a project manager on a Scrum team. So the best answer is A, C and D. Next question. You are a Scrum Master in an Agile organization. It is important to practice Agile frameworks and practices such as backlog preparation, backlog refinement, training and work distribution with proper focus and direction. Which of the following teams would you spend more time coaching and mentoring? Give yourself 75 seconds. I will reveal the answer shortly. Okay. The best answer, my friends, is not A. There's nothing wrong with A. And it's not D. There's nothing wrong in using a pull technique to select your own work in the world of agile. That leaves us with B and C. So we know it's not A, and we know it's not D. Let's take a look at option C. The cross-functional team is receiving training from an outside source. There's actually nothing wrong in that, going for training. So option B. Stakeholders changing sprint backlogs frequently is anti-agile. This is problematic. We shouldn't be changing our sprint backlogs frequently because once we get our sprint backlog, we're airborne heading towards our destination and someone opens the cabin door wanting to make changes, adding more passengers. No, it doesn't happen. So with that analogy, bear in mind that once the sprint has been locked in, we avoid making changes. Could change happen? It could, but when you've got sprint backlogs frequently changing every sprint, that shows we've got an issue. Might need some coaching. All right, let's move to our next one. While working in the Scrum framework, product ownership, impediment resolution, and decision-making is very important for smooth flow and team collaboration. A Scrum master heard that the daily Scrum did not hold who should attend this meeting during the iterations again give yourself 75 seconds hit the pause button for more time I will reveal the answer the answer to this is actually not D the scrum master does not have to attend the daily scrum perpetually the scrum master should actually look to transition facilitation over to the team in the long run. So the Scrum Master does not have to attend to record all impediments. That is something the team could do. The Scrum Master just needs to know the impediments and seek resolve, but not necessarily attend the daily Scrum to do that. And I know a lot of jobs in the real world demand that the Scrum Master should be a facilitator in every event, but that is not the truth. Option C, the developers or the cross-functional team doing the work. It would make sense to have the people doing the work in the room, right? Let's take a look at option A, the product owner should attend as they make major decisions. That is true they make major decisions, but they don't need to attend the daily scrum. Remember, it's a sync up meeting. If they need the product owner in attendance, then, of course, team members should request that the product owner be there, but the product owner doesn't have to be there. Let's take a look at option B. All team members on the Scrum team, that would mean the product owner and the Scrum master. In actual fact, they don't have to be there. The best option is the developers or the cross-functional team doing the work. So the answer is C. Let's move on. In an iteration-based Agile setting, your Scrum team just completed a major deliverable release, conducting the sprint, concluding the sprint. When should the next iteration commence? Again, give yourself 75 seconds. Let's take a look at the answer. The answer to this is not A, A. It's not C or D because as soon as we get done with the sprint, the next one commences immediately. So it's not the following week. Who said you must finish every sprint on a Friday? No, some sprints could finish midweek or at the beginning for any reason. So A is not ideal. C says when the sprint backlog is ready for work. And again, it says, your scrum team, so you know that this is the world of scrum in particular. So in the world of scrum, we do it immediately. It's not when the sprint backlog is ready for work because the sprint backlog, we should have already been working on the product backlog. The sprint backlog is ready when we conclude our sprint planning session. And that happens at the beginning of the next sprint. So C doesn't make sense. We would Already have started the sprint, right? As we are working on the sprint backlog. D, at the direction of the product owner after prioritization is complete. That's bogus. That is not the case. So the best answer is immediately. Let's move on to our next one. Courage is a key value needed by team members to practice Scrum with a mindset of empiricism. What are the empirical scrum pillars? Select all that apply. All right, I will reveal the answer. So, if you take a close look at E and F and A, what you realize is that these are scrum values, but they are not. the Empirical Scrum Pillars. The Empirical Scrum Pillars are actually Transparency, Inspection, and Adaptation. Here's our final one. Part of the work carried out by the Scrum Master involves a lot of collaboration and team facilitation. As a Servant Leader and Scrum Master, how should you serve a team? There's one correct answer. Okay, three, two, and one. If you need more time, hit the pause button. So certain things here look nice, but they're actually not a good way of serving the team in the world of Agile. And Remember we said, how should you serve a team? It didn't say how should you serve the world or the community, we're talking about a team. So this one that talks about coaching organizations, other organizations, not even yours is not the best answer. Okay. The one that says creating the product backlog is bogus. That is not what the scrum master does. D resolve conflict between team members. You could facilitate conflict resolution, but resolving conflict is not what you want to do. People can solve conflict themselves but you could facilitate, that is a better word. So the best option here is remove obstacles and blockers. Really alluding more towards the impediment removal role. So this is the best option. And that my friends concludes our pop quiz for day 33. Now remember day 33 is all about business and it's all about Evaluating and delivering project benefits and value. The words benefits and value are huge. So this is going to be quite a long session. We have a lot more to talk about in Domain 3, Task 2. So let's jump into the quick summary. Evaluate and deliver project benefits and value. Here are the enablers. Investigate that benefits identified. Document agreement on ownership for ongoing benefit realization. Verify that a measurement system is in place to track benefits. Evaluate delivery options to demonstrate value. And lastly, appraise stakeholders of value gain progress. Now to really ace this area, you need to understand what benefits are. Projects enable business value creation. And business value is a net quantifiable benefit derived from a business endeavor. The benefits could be tangible, intangible, or both. In business analysis, business value is considered the return in form of elements such as time, money, goods, or intangibles in return for something exchanged. I advise you take a look at the PMBOK Guide, page 7. Also take a look at page 33. And if you've got the Business Analysis for Practitioners Guide, it's on page 185. You can glean some information to this end. Business value in projects refers to the benefit that the results of a specific project provide to its stakeholders. The benefit from projects may be tangible, intangible, or both. Let's take a look at some tangible elements. Tangible elements are monetary assets, for example, stockholder equity, utility, fixtures, tools and market share. Examples of intangible elements are goodwill, brand recognition, public benefit, trademarks, strategic alignment, reputation. And that is a high-level view to a lot of what we need to know for today. Moving further, I want to sensitize you to the business case. The business case is talked about on page 28 and we refer to it as a documented economic feasibility study used to establish the validity of the benefits of a selected component lacking sufficient definition that is used as a basis for the authorization of further project management activities. You also need to know the definition for the Benefits Management Plan. It's the documented explanation defining the processes for creating, maximizing, and sustaining the benefits provided by a project. So if you don't have these definitions down, really hone in on them and understand the essence. Let's take a look at questions on top of what we already discussed. Here are the questions that are open-ended for Day 33. Ever since we started this journey, my friends, I have been sharing with you various open-ended questions This is a continuation of that thought of open-ended questions and I highly encourage you to keep on in this vein answering these questions and looking for gaps because I think you will find a ton of value from it. The more you do this, the better it will be. Again, this is a bit of a long session because there's a lot more we need to talk about as we jump on the road. That's one. Secondly, I have five more questions to ask you in this area. So what we're going to do right now is jump on the road and begin talking about this task under the business domain. So let's get moving. Let's jump on the road. Hello friends. How you doing? Welcome to 40 Days to PMP Exam Success. Today, we're going to take a look at the business area. And this is task two. And it simply states, evaluate and deliver project benefits and value. Sounds like a bit of a loaded one. So let's think about this progressively. Evaluate project benefits and value, and then deliver project benefits and value. But what exactly is value? In order for there to be value, there needs to be benefits. So we can say value is the net quantifiable benefits that a customer, stakeholder, and end user experiences from the deliverable at hand. So for there to be value, there must be some sort of benefit. Now if you've read the PMBOK Guide 6th edition, you might recall that there is such a thing as a benefits owner. The benefits owner is the individual who ensures that the benefits being sought have been identified and documented. It's not enough to have an idea of the benefits. We need to document them intentionally, put that into a benefits management plan, and we also say a benefits register. They are often used interchangeably. The benefits register is where the benefits will be registered. The benefits management plan, which sometimes doubles as a Benefits Register, is a document that tells us how those benefits and when those benefits will be realized. So it's twofold. What are the benefits, when, and how will they be realized? And again, we refer to the individual that is responsible for this as a benefits owner, or you might hear the term benefits manager. Whatever the case, benefits need to be managed. Okay. So going a little bit deeper into the task for today, we have enablers. And the enabler that comes up first is investigate benefits are identified. And that means as a benefits owner or benefits manager, you're ensuring that You are documenting these benefits in a benefits register. The next one states, document agreement on ownership for ongoing benefits realization. In other words, document who is responsible to be the benefits owner, to be the benefits manager, to be the person who ensures that the benefits are realized. So document agreement on ownership. Who owns the benefits? Who owns this endeavor for the ongoing benefits realization? Because it's an ongoing thing. You do know that at the end of a project, you do get a deliverable in the traditional world, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get the benefits of using that deliverable. For example, we produce a system that's meant to help us get work done in operations. If operations is not using the system, then they will not realize the benefits. Perhaps the benefits owner can understand why are they not using the system and how can the benefits owner accelerate things such that the benefits are indeed realized. That's the whole idea behind this. The next enabler states, verify measurement system is in place to track benefits. So, how do we track benefits? Well, we often talk about benefits and revenue. Sometimes benefits are attached to that revenue. So, whatever the measurement system you want to use, whether it is efficiency, improvements in how work is done, maybe it's reducing a defect rate, whatever those benefits are, It's important that we do have a system in place for measuring those benefits. And it just says document agreement on ownership and then verify that the measurement system is in place to track those benefits. So the benefits owner should be tracking the benefits using the metrics, the measurements, the approaches that have been decided on in the benefits management plan. Next we have an enabler that says evaluate delivery options to demonstrate value. So let's ponder on that for a little bit. Delivery options to demonstrate value. It's simple. If you're working on an incremental project, you're going to get incremental value. Perhaps you might get incremental benefits, see, and you want to look at delivery options as far as how can we deliver so that the benefits are realized as expediently as possible. That needs to be a question. How can we deliver such that the benefits are experienced, realized, harvested as expediently as possible? So it does require some thinking. And this is where the benefits owner or benefits manager should do their job. This is where they should be thinking. What is the best way of demonstrating this? What is the best way of showing that value has been achieved? There are many ways. You need metrics, you need measurements, you need a system, you need processes and procedures to show improvement. For example, if I wanted to demonstrate benefits of a learning system for the PMP exam, I could show that the passing rate of students has increased, thereby demonstrating the benefits, if you get what I mean. The final one here is appraise stakeholders of value gain progress. So if we've discovered some value in my example of more students are able to pass the exam without incident. Let's say I work for a company where we're measuring this, then I'm appraising my stakeholders of the value gain progress. We are experiencing 10% more success, 20% more success, whatever those numbers look like. So this one here is really a business kind of thinking to show the business people, to show senior management stakeholders that indeed value is being experienced we have realized benefits from this project as expected. All right, and that's just how to think it. So let's recap. Evaluate and deliver project benefits and value. Investigate benefits identified. Document agreement on ownership for ongoing benefits realization. Verify a measurement system is in place to track the benefits. Evaluate delivery options to demonstrate value. And lastly, appraise stakeholders of value gain progress. These are all things that you should be thinking about as a project manager from the business angle. Now, just remember, there's a lot more that could go into this as far as evaluating the benefits and value and showing them. It doesn't just have to be this list. The PMI tell you that the enablers are not meant to be an exhaustive list. They're just meant to give you an example of things to think about under this task. All right, I hope this helped you today, my friends. Remember, look out for the open-ended questions. I always give you open-ended questions for a reason. I want you to find gaps. The more of these open-ended questions you look at, the more you'll be able to identify any gaps. So please do the open-ended questions. And if you have a question about anything I've discussed or anything about the exam, make sure you put it in the comments below. All right, you take care, and I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Well, why don't we get into the extra questions we have, my friends? We still have a few questions before this is done and dusted. And then when we get done with that, we have another healthy serving of benefits talk. So here we go. Here's the very first question. You are the project manager on a large scale information technology project. You are working with the product owner to prioritize the backlog. Which of the following should be the primary factor used to prioritize a backlog? All right, three, two, and one. So even though you could prioritize a backlog using a number of considerations, the number one consideration from this perspective of the product owner has got to be the concept of value. It's all about value. Now risk could come in for sure. Okay, Cost could be a factor to consider but number one factor is value. Let's go to our next one. You're the project manager on a large-scale information technology project. You're working with the product owner to prioritize the backlog. Whose primary responsibility is it to prioritize the backlog? All right, hit the pause button for more time. So the answer to this, it's not the project manager, neither the Scrum Master, and it's not the team. It says primary responsibility. Primary responsibility is the product owner, as far as prioritizing the backlog. Could other people work with the product owner? Yes, but it's their primary responsibility. They are ultimately answerable for this, so just keep that in mind. Okay. Let's move on. Next question, you are the project manager on a large scale information technology project. You're working with the product owner to prioritize the backlog. Whose responsibility is it to ensure that the value of the benefits on a project are realized? All right, if you need more time, hit the pause button. So remember, this is going into PMI territory. It's very unique to PMI. The best answer for this, my friends, is actually not A, B, or C. It's the benefits owner. Remember, we talked about the benefits owner. That would be the best answer. Okay? Let's move on. You're the project manager on an information technology project. You're working with the project sponsor to create a document that serves as an economic feasibility study. What does this best describe? All right. The best answer for this, my friends, is actually none other than the business case. This was part of our lesson for today, and I hope you took note of it. Read pages thirty, seven, and 33. In other words, page 30, page 33, and page 7 in the pen book, 6. Okay, next one. You are the project manager on an information technology project. You're working with the product owner to prioritize the backlog. Which of the following intangible value items may be used? Select all that apply. All right. So again, intangible value. You might recall this from our lesson. Best answers are B and C. Goodwill and brand recognition. Remember, my friends, if you are struggling at all, you need to go on down to hpmexam.com, look for help, look for assistance. We'll be more than happy to help you as you firm up your exam knowledge, okay? So we're moving to the final section of today. I know it's a lot of stuff, yes, 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 but business has terrorized a lot of people on the exam. It's beasted up on people. So it's very important that we hone in really solidly on the concept of business. And to do that, I am going to share with you a lesson on the importance of features versus benefits versus value it's features versus benefits versus value so let's get into that and i'm sure you're going to find a lot of value from this okay i'm going to be referring to the pembok guide pretty heavily uh, so just stay tuned have your pembok guide to hand and remember you're always welcome to ask questions Uh, this is put together for you. So I want to hear from you. I want to know how your studying is proceeding. Uh, I want you to be as transparent as possible and letting me know if you have problems as you're studying. All right, well, let's jump in to this video on features and benefits. Let's go. Hello, welcome to our projects, products, features, benefits, value discussion. As you study for your exam, you're probably wondering what's the difference between features and benefits, or how do you view features, benefits, and value within the context of a product and projects? This video is brought to you on behalf of projectmanagementmasterclass.com, your one stop shop for PMP exam training. Value begets benefits, is what I typically say. It's not a benefit if there's no value in it. In order for it to be a benefit, there must be some value. One of the topics talked about in the current PMP exam is benefits management. The benefits management plan hits you straight away as you get to page 33. But let's discuss a little bit more what exactly benefits and value are. So the first topic, value. Focus on value, the PMI say. Value is the ultimate indicator of project success. Value can be realized throughout the project, at the end of the project, or well after the project is complete. Value and the benefits that contribute to value can be defined in quantitative and or qualitative terms. A focus on outcomes allows teams to support the intended benefits that lead to value creation. In other words, focus on outcomes. Outcomes are the most important ingredient in the company, not the project. The project will come to an end, not the product. There's no good in having a product or a deliverable if there's no value from it. Project teams evaluate progress and adapt to ensure the expected value can be realized. But let's go a little bit further And talk about the difference between features and benefits at a very layman level. You take a look at a feature, it talks about productability, what the product can do. A technical specification or something your product can achieve. When you talk about a benefit, it goes a step further to put some value on whatever that feature delivers. So the feature enables you to do something. The value derived from the feature is a benefit. What a product can do for the customer in order for the customer to realize delight, value, or help in some way to the customer's living, the customer's way of doing things, it elevates the customer to a higher level of satisfaction, to a higher level of efficiency. That is exactly what a benefit is. And that's why I say value begets benefits. A project benefit is defined as an outcome of actions, behaviors, products, services, or results that provide value, that word again, to the sponsoring organization, as well as to the project's intended beneficiaries. The PMI know this all too well, and that's why in their recent publication of the PMP exam content outline, they have task 3.2, which states, evaluate and deliver project benefits and value project manager, this is something you should do. One, investigate that benefits are identified. Two, document the agreement on ownership for ongoing benefit realization. In other words, who is going to be responsible for realizing these benefits? Three, verify the measurement system is in place to track these benefits. And four, evaluate delivery options to demonstrate value. And lastly, appraise stakeholders of value gained as you proceed in time. Now, in order to do this, the PMI talk about the benefits management plan on page 33. It goes into it rather deep. Let's take a look at some of the things that are mentioned here. In order to understand the benefits management plan, my advice is to think about the five W's and the H. Think about the what, when, where, why, why who, and how, of benefits. In other words, what are the benefits that we're looking to realize? What is the time frame? When do we expect to see these benefits? Is there a period or a place that we expect to find these? And also, how are we going to realize these benefits? And who is responsible? In other words, who is the benefits manager? So the benefits management plan talked about in the PMBOK guide, sixth edition, is the document that describes how and when the benefits of the project are going to be delivered. It describes the mechanisms for this delivery. And a project benefit, like I said, is defined as an outcome of actions, behaviors, products, services, or results that provide value to the sponsoring organization, as well as to the project's intended beneficiaries. Development of the benefits management plan starts early in the life cycle of the project, and it could go on for a while and, of course, evolve as more benefits are found, as more benefits are decided upon. Think about it in one fluid step across many time periods. It is not a one-time thing, but it's fluid. It happens. When we talk about the benefits management plan being updated, you can expect that. Think about an agile project or a hybrid project. As you're changing out items in the product backlog, what do you expect to happen? More benefits, right? So the benefits management plan, it evolves and it describes the key elements of the benefits and may include, but is not limited to, the following items. We could talk about target benefits, that is the expected tangible and intangible value to be gained by the implementation of the project, Bear in mind that financial value is expressed in net present value, NPV. We also talk about strategic alignment in this document. How well do the benefits align to the business strategies of the organization? Also, time frame for realizing benefits. When will those benefits be realized? Short-term, long-term, ongoing. Who is the benefits owner? the accountable person to monitor, record and report those realized benefits throughout the time frame. Metrics, the measures to be used to show benefits realized, direct measures and indirect measures. Also assumptions, factors that we consider to be in place in order for us to reap these benefits. And don't forget uncertainty, risks, What are the risks that could affect these benefits from being realized? Developing the benefits management plan should make use of the data and information documented in the business case and needs assessment. These are well talked about on page 30 in the Pembok guide. Now, when you talk about benefits, tangible and intangible value, what comes to mind? The PMI defines business value as the net quantifiable benefit derived from a business endeavor. Just remember, we could be talking about a wide array of tangible and intangible elements. Let's talk about tangible value. Talking about tangible value, you could refer to monetary assets, stockholder equity, utility fixtures, tools, and market share. And intangible elements could be goodwill. Brand recognition, public benefit, trademarks, strategic alignment, reputation, share of wallet. How much of your stakeholder or company's wallet do you acquire over a period of time? How much of their wallet do you occupy? These are all ways of seeing benefits. Now, again, this is talked about on page 33. For those of you who are going through exam prep, I want you to go check out page 33, and it will help you. But again, as my colleague Roy has put together, there is a spin on benefits, and it's more upfront in the discussion when it comes to Agile evaluate and deliver project benefits and value in agile. My buddy Roy says we try to favor lightweight ways of doing it with very few calculations. We tend to do it in a more collaborative approach so we can get consensus quickly. So we need to identify what the return or benefit is going to be of the items within the project. We don't just do requirements because they're in a requirements document. We look at the outcome. In other words, we don't just throw things into our product backlog, they are there for the V reason, value reason, all right? So we put them there because we're expecting a return from that feature, from that requirement. Then we analyze and we factor that into our project as well. And we don't just move along blindly. As we're going through an Agile project, one of the things that will come up is the topic of MVP, the Minimum Viable Product. And the minimum viable product helps us get feedback in a proactive way in order to understand if this is indeed what the customer wants and if indeed this will deliver the value that the customer is looking. The value of getting incremental return from the customer in that way piecemeal through feedback is huge. One is we get feedback from our customers. They get to look at the thing, whatever we're building, and they tell us, if it's what they want or not. Imagine how many dollars would be saved if companies did this. Going back to exam prep for those folks who are thinking about benefits and value from a predictive standpoint, the documents mentioned in the PMBOK guide, the benefits management plan, the business case that I talked about on page 30 all the way down to 33 thereabouts, the project charter, project management plan, and lessons learned register all of these are components that help us tie benefits into the project in a tighter fashion and really understand what are these benefits and how are they going to be realized. Project managers are meant to investigate that benefits are identified. Benefits are identified during project initiation, they're taken from the business case, and they should be realized by project completion, but it's not uncommon to have benefits been realized far after the project is complete. And that's why we have the benefits owner who should be realizing these benefits. So create the benefits management plan. It's gonna help you keep track of these things. Now in closing, one more task that the PMI talk about the tasks towards the business side. Let's go to that one. Execute the project with the urgency required to deliver business value. So when you're thinking about benefits, you want to deliver the benefits early. Think about it. Someone likes dessert. Well, why don't you deliver dessert first? Why don't you put dessert first on the menu? Eat dessert first, as my buddy Roy would say. So execute the project with the urgency required to deliver business value so that your customer can begin to get benefits from that. That is another mindset that we need to have. It's a different way of thinking than how we think on predictive projects where there's a big bang at the end, and that's where the delight comes. But no, we want as much delight to be delivered upfront incrementally as possible. And that's why PMI say, assess opportunities to deliver value incrementally examine the business value throughout the project, support the team to subdivide the project tasks as necessary to find the MVP, as necessary to find the minimum viable product. So divide it into tiny pieces, decide on this is what we're gonna deliver to our customer now, and from this we'll begin to get feedback as to if we're building the right thing or not. So there are many things to talk about when it comes to benefits. Questions to ask about benefits identification, Are the benefits aligned with organizational goals? Does the benefits management plan outline how the benefits will be measured and when they will be delivered? Have key stakeholders signed off on the benefits realization plan or management plan? Are the benefits tangible, intangible, and or long-term explicitly defined in the business case? Are all the benefits documented in a benefits register and benefits realization roadmap? The project manager should document the agreement on ownership for ongoing benefit realization. In other words, who is the benefits owner? Who will own these benefits and ensure that they are realized? Acceptance can be inferred from project scope statements. However, the best practice is to provide key stakeholders with a benefits ownership explanation. Issue a benefits management plan. Benefit realization is a means to ensuring benefits are derived from outputs quick question for you as you get ready for your test. The DASH is a documented economic feasibility study used to establish the validity of the benefits of a selected component lacking sufficient definition, and that is used as a basis for the authorization of further project management activities. What do you think? Three, two, and one. You can pause the recording if you want to think a little bit more. But the answer to this is the business case. The business case is a documented economic feasibility study, PMP 101. Here's your final question. Which of these best describes a user story? Pause the recording if you need more time. Three, two, and one. The answer to this, of course, has the benefits word in it. It's A, something that benefits the user directly or enables a future benefit. And remember, this is brought to you on behalf of projectmanagementmasterclass.com. If you're getting ready for your PMP exam and you want a course that will drive you through agile, predictive, scrum, the 35 tasks in the PMP exam content outline, the PEMBOK guide, hybrid stuff. You need to be on our next course that is starting in April. So go on down to projectmanagementmasterclass.com. Now if you happen to watch this after the fact, don't worry, we have these classes year round. Just go to the website and check out when next we'll be having one of these classes. All right, my friends. So you can absolutely do that. We have different layers. We have a 35 contact hour course, but we also have... The PMP Exam Immersion, so if you need a very quick top-up and you don't need the full 35 hours, you can actually go on down to hpmexam.com. But if you need something that is more along the lines of the 35 contact hours, then definitely go on down to PMP Exam uh, Masterclass page, which is projectmanagementmasterclass.com. All right, my friends. Well, that concludes the longest yet of all our episodes this is over 45 minutes and it's day 33 the reason why we had to go hard here let's not forget a lot of the agile mindset is all about value 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 that's why we had to do it this way my friends thank you very much don't forget to hit like subscribe and take a look at all the other videos that are on this platform for your pmp exam prep talk to you soon bye for now